eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rings post game show. Breaking down everything Patriots with Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Hart. The Six Rings post game show is co sponsored by Zudi. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit zudy.com for your free trial. By New England Recovery Center in Westboro, where recovery is possible. By your local New England Kubota tractor dealers. By Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com. By Catches Law Group, the personal injury pros at catcheslaw.com. And by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Windows dealer. Now, here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Ladies and gentlemen, on Monday Night Football on ESPN, what you have just witnessed was a 6-6 six and six football team playing a 4-8 and eight football team. The 6-6 six and six football team was a little bit better than the 4-8 and eight football team, which also happened to lose their all-world quarterback three plays into the game, MVP of the night, one of many for the Patriots, the turf monster, sadly, at State Farm Stadium. Four games now played by the New England Patriots out west at State Farm Stadium. Three of them incredibly memorable. One, an epic and tragic defeat. Two, shall we say victorious. Well, now three victorious. One of them tonight, minorly forgettable, but still a necessary win for the New England Patriots to get back on track, build a little confidence, perhaps answer a couple of questions about the team, the roster, and their future, and... I won't say re-secure their playoff footing, but at least get them back into the AFC playoff picture. Hello, Foxborough fans and Patriots pals. This is the Six Rings postgame show live on WEEI and the WEEI Sports Radio Network. We're with you till 2 a.m. tonight. Your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart. You can give us a call anytime at 617-779-7937. That's the telephone number. 37937 is the text line and of course the socials at WEEI at Six Rings Pod at Fitzy GFY and at Jumbo Hart. It was you, Dr. Hart, who people actually trolled you as uh, back during the heyday of our previous Saturday radio show as Dr. Hot, Dr. Hot, uh, who initially diagnosed the Kyler Murray injury on his third play from scrimmage tonight. As he scrambled for a first down, the turf monster getting the best of his knee ligament. A tweet from an ESPN reporter in Arizona confirming what we all believe that the Cardinals believe. MRI withstanding tomorrow that it'll be an eventuality that he did, in fact, likely tear his ACL in his right leg on that play. You hate to see it. Prayers up. Awful play. But the complexion, the outcome, everything about tonight's game 
was changed in one play. And while Colt McCoy was game at times, everyone seemed on the Arizona side of the ball, Andy, to press, to try a little too hard. They made mistakes. They left they left uh, opportunities on the field time and again, as did the Patriots as well. Hardly the get-right game, uh, dare I say, that we were looking for, but a game where they did just enough right, or at least at times just enough not wrong to get the win, get back on track, push them to 7-6, and six, and back into the seventh seed. Yeah, I thought the, the Cardinals made the biggest mistakes, the Patriots made the biggest plays, and that combination gave you the victory. Although, uh, yes, I appreciate you pointing out that at 8.19 p.m., I texted you and said three simple words, torn ACL, victory. I was right on both yep. counts. Torn ACL and victory, and I'm not making light of the injury. It was just, nope. it was classic. It was it was Julian Edelman. It was that cut, and you see the knee, and he just goes, it, it's just, and I know players are big into the turf these days. Well, that's a, that's a natural surface there. Um, it just happens with these athletes in space, and it's unfortunate. And you saw it right away with Matthew Judon calling for the trainers. I think he knew right away. He was the guy downfield that Murray yep. kind of collapsed in front of. But from a Patriots perspective, you needed to get a win. This was a must-win situation. You found a way to get it done. You were in a dogfight even with Colt McCoy. Now, thankfully, DeAndre Hopkins got a little loose with the football. Raquan McMillan was in the right place at the right time for a uh, 23-yard Fumble return for a touchdown that kind the of opened visit to the up. scoop and score, huh? But you made plays. You made give Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris credit. They stepped up. You were getting you were fighting injuries too. You came in mm-hmm. without your best receiver, your best cornerback, and one of your best running backs, and immediately added to that list at those positions. Devontae Parker goes out. Ramondre Stevenson goes out. Jack Jones goes out. And yet you found a way to make the plays you needed to win on the road. So uh, give them credit. It's a huge win. Get to seven and six. Get the number seven seed. Oh my God! Get out of the basement for the here and for the now due to the tiebreaker with the Jets. So oh, they're back out of the basement. And listen, yes. hey, the Dolphins had the Dolphins got a sneaky preview of what it's like in the basement, and they may want to take a visit down there some sign sometime soon too. So I, I don't want to. It wasn't pretty. I mean, Troy. I give Troy Aikman credit. I know sometimes people think that uh, the NFL wants its broadcasters to whitewash the product. Troy Aikman said a lot of bad offensive football, not just here but around the NFL. And I'm not sure how it's going to get fixed before the end of the season. I agree. That was two bad offenses with the penalties and the illegal shifts and motions and play calling, drop balls. It was it was ugly at times, but it was an ugly win for the Patriots, and that's all that really matters because you now have a winning record. Tonight, in the words of our pal Lou Merloni, it was just suck a little or perhaps maybe you try to suck a little bit less. And the New England Patriots were able to do just that because the Arizona Cardinals, again, the entire tenor of the game changes drastically when you're starting quarterback who everything on offense runs through because he is easily the most physically gifted player on your offense, if not on offense on both sides of the field tonight. When Kyler Murray goes down, you basically just have to take the entire game plan, tear it up, start from scratch, on the fly, with a veteran pocket passer who can move adequately in Colt McCoy. But you're right. The Patriots, the game was almost over at that point. The Pats just had to find a way, and they're very capable of it because we've talked time and again about how the New England Patriots seem interested in playing a doubleheader every time they have a single game by trying to play their opponent and beat themselves at the same time. And they were tempted a few times tonight. Yep. Uh, there were some early bad plays by Mac. There was some horrendous offensive line play. 
Yep. Uh, three penalties pre-snap, if I'm not mistaken, in the first half alone. An interception off a tip ball, sort of a strip pick, if you will. But in the end, they were the slightly better team. As is pointed out on Twitter, and Twitter had itself a field day of an evening with this game because, oh, but there was so much meat on the proverbial online bone. Andy, uh, at Dakota Happis, our old pal Dakota and Branch, she points out, just stating the, the Mac Jones hashtag Patriots have beaten Mitch Trubisky, Zach Wilson, twice Sam Ellinger, Zach Wilson, Colt McCoy. It's not exactly a murderer's row of who's who's that uh, Mac Jones nope. has beaten to get his victories this year. I mean, we still lack that signature win. There still is not that, holy smokes, I can't believe the Patriots were down 13, came back and won that game. There still hasn't been that, wow, that Mac Jones play is going to be on come on, man, or top 10 throws of the year kind of play. And I wonder if at this point, if we're even going to get it. Uh no. And I, I, well, actually, depends on where you think the Patriots are going. If you think the Patriots are going to the postseason, then you're going to have to get it right, because you have the games against the Dolphins, the Bills and the Bills coming up. If you think you're going to be a playoff team, you're going to have to beat some of those teams, at least one of those teams. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think you can get I mean, is, is the Raiders going to be a signature win. I guess it depends how the game sort of plays out, maybe because they do have offensive firepower and potential on that side of the ball. Um, but no one, you know, no, we, as, as media members and analysts like to keep track of all these cute little things. Oh, how many playoff teams have you beaten? And you know, who, what's your best win? And what's this, what's that? All that matters is the record though, but it isn't, it's important to us. What beating playoff teams, you know, iron, testing yourself against the the better of the league. You can play the softest schedule in the world. And if it says you're one of the top seven teams, you get to go to the playoffs. Then you have to beat a playoff team. There's no rule that says you have to beat a playoff team to get into the playoffs. You just have to beat one once you're in the playoffs. Like we, well, it's not a prerequisite. They don't check your resume, right. or they don't. They so, don't, so what does it matter? What, what does it matter? What, how it to, to the degree it matters is what kind of team you are, what kind of belief people have in you, and what kind yeah, of yeah. I don't think they're very yourself. good, and I don't think they're going to be in the Andy, playoffs. So it doesn't Andy matter. Hard. I can't believe I'm hearing this from you of all people. The 2019 New England Patriots, and and I'll dare bust out a word that you love to bandy about and throw my way like a grenade in an empty room time and again. Frauds. How about the 2019 New England Patriots? Battered, injured, and bruised as they were as they made their way into the playoffs. A home Saturday night rainy January wild card game in what was Tom Brady's final game. Perhaps for now. In a Patriots uniform. They had they couldn't even stay on the field. Like they lost. That was the final game of Brady's career. Right, because they, they lost that game. They didn't lose that game because they because lost they the previous Because they couldn't beat a playoff team. Yeah, that day. In the playoffs. <laughs> we just make too much of these these things, in my opinion. Because I think... It's the era we live in where it's all about stats and notes and tweets and this and that. Now, I don't think they're a very good team. I don't think they're going to even make the playoffs, so I don't think this will matter. We're not going to be talking about, oh, their medal hasn't been tested. No, it won't matter because they'll be going into the, the offseason because I agree with, um, with Troy Aikman. Like, mm-hmm. You know what this game looked like to me? I, I actually texted somebody in the middle of the game. It looked like a game with two bad offenses led by backup quarterbacks dueling it out. That's okay for the Cardinals because it really was their backup quarterback. That The fact that the Patriots look like a bad offense with a backup quarterback is not good for them. And no. they continue to struggle. They continue to just look dysfunctional at times. Mac showing his frustration once again, screaming on the field. Mac having issues getting the play call in from Matt Patricia. They had that one mm-hmm. back-to-back uh, where it went delay of game 
and then illegal shift where Stevenson and Bourne shifted. I mean, you can't look more poorly coached than that. Back-to-back plays, delay of game, and then two of your better offensive athletes are in motion for an illegal shift at the same time. That's that's kind of embarrassingly bad right there. Again, uh, you know, I feel like I need to put – there's a lot of different jars. I need to put a quarter, a nickel, a dime, or a dollar in throughout the course of this 2022 Patriot season, but I'll put another dollar in the donation jar for the uh, overused line at this point. Hmm, it's almost like the Patriots don't have a offensive line coach or their offensive line coach <laughs> is pulling double duty and can't pay enough attention to the line, or this is his first-year coaching offensive line, because guess what? All three statements apply. I mean, the offensive line tonight, again, bad. The offensive line was not good tonight. Not no. great. Led by not Trent e- Brown. Even at their best, they were pe- they were serviceable. They were adequate at times. They got just enough done so the Patriots were able to, you know, complete a few passes, that beautiful seed down the middle to Hunter Henry that set up the Pierre Strong Jr. touchdown. But holy smokes. I mean, the offensive, like, there were just, there were some plays where Cardinals defenders were able to just run in freely. I know Matt Judon got a sack on one of those as well, and the Cardinals have a horrible offensive line, but there were times tonight where it was just ghastly. Like, who's coaching them? Who's telling them what to do? The the pass protections, the run blocking was pretty darn good tonight, but the pass protections were ghastly, just terrible. Yeah. The line was not good. Started with Trent Brown with the, the false start on, I think, the first third down play, um, and he again had times where he looked kind of, lethargic, disinterested. I don't I don't really know the words I want to use for it, but not good, not like a dominating flexing over the pile. Remember when we were excited about that against Cleveland? He was flexing over the pile and he seemed so Remember engaged. Remember those good old days too? Where the hell has that Trent Brown gone? But um, yeah, and the rest of the line just wasn't very good. Um, but again, same issue for the Cardinals. That's why I say it was kind of, this was equal. I know the records are now, so what, the Cardinals are a four-win team and the Patriots are a seven-win team, so there's a three-game differential there. I think these teams are pretty close to each other. They have some stars. They have some talent. They don't play like overly well-coached football teams. They don't execute very cleanly, and they're not necessarily contenders. Certainly the Cardinals aren't a contender, and the Patriots are probably a pretender as well. Uh, So just, again, just coming to you from the wide world of socials where people shared a lot of different thoughts, statisticals, and more, a lot of in-game chatter and things that are worth representing – here on the Six Rings postgame show, Warren Sharp, pretty decent football mind. Um, 44% of Mac Jones' attempts tonight were at or behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, the highest rate short of the line of scrimmage in the NFL this year, Andy, that would be 22%. So tonight alone, the New England Patriots were double the National Football League's highest rate short of the line of scrimmage this season. Uh, and 60% of his third down attempts were at or behind the line of scrimmage as well. So if y'all thought the the um, quick game blanking sucks was going to get Matt Patricia to go downfield to the flat or elsewhere more often, uh, sorry, you can please collect your booby prize on the way out. We have some lovely parting gifts, but you were wrong because the Patriots continue to, and I'm not sure, Andy, if it's playing into Vance Joseph's hands with the whole idea of it looks like a defensive coordinator calling plays. Is he only comfortable doing that? Does he believe that's Mac and his offensive talent's best traits? Or is he, and this is kind of what I'm starting to believe, shielding the offensive line that he's not doing a great job coaching? That was uh, certainly the tale that the broadcast crew was trying to sell us. That Correct. 
a lot of this is is due to them trying to piece together the offensive line, protect those guys. And and there may be some truth to that, but that's that's a weak excuse for the overall execution of the offense and how inept it has been. Because throwing the ball short isn't the only problem this offense has had. Like they went crazy in the screen game tonight. Okay, that's great. Good good for you. Um, but the the inefficiencies of the offense that we've talked about a lot in recent weeks and the route running, the inconsistencies. Now, they hit some of the big plays they needed. Like, they got the, mm-hmm. the Hunter Henry play they needed to set up a, a late Ooh, touchdown. Yep. So, you know, they're starting to show little signs. I actually saw an, an interesting note from the Patriots Hall that um, when Mac Jones threw his interception when he was hit and it mm-hmm. was uh, sort of punted up in the air, an easy pick, he had gone 161 pass attempts without a pick, was the longest active streak in the National Football League. So, Mac is taking better a care of the football than he had early in the year. I think that's a step positive. The thing that alarms me is you still see a lot of these, and I've been talking about this literally since the first week of training camp, these Mac scrambling around, broken plays. like, And he's starting to make good on some of them. He had like one completion to Bourne on the sideline. Then one of them, Brown, got called for illegal man downfield, things there's just too many of those ugly schoolyard, high school, backyard, whatever you want to call it, plays. And I think that was Troy Aikman's point is this is mid-December. Like, it shouldn't look like this at this point in the season. It's not August 1st anymore. It's mid-December. So that is most alarming for me because I actually think Mac is is kind of doing a good job fighting the good fight. These days, he got over the remember when I believed he was broken midway yep. through the season. I feel like he's come out the other side of that and is, is fighting the good fight is standing up as, you know, the, the Rocky thing. No, how you get knocked down if you get up, that kind of thing. Uh, I think he's gotten up and he's still fighting. What, you didn't like Rocky that? It wasn't bad for midnight. I've been sick. There's a lot going on in me right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. If you would like to call in and weigh in on tonight's Patriots game, a twenty seven thirteen victory in the desert, or offer up your best Rocky Balboa impersonation, it won't be better than and, that one. I promise. And how it applies to uh, Mac Jones picking himself up off the mat, getting back into action for the Patriots uh, in victory tonight. Uh, no, I'm I'm with you. I th- I don't think Mac is playing that poorly. I saw a lot of the calls for zappy the oh yeah tell me it's a matt patricia or tell me it's a scheme or a talent issue i'll gladly reply to all those people and tell them yes yeah. it is as a matter yes, of fact yes, that's exactly what it is glad we're glad we're on the same wavelength good oh 100 percent hive mind on that mac john like the, all you need to do is see some of the passes he made tonight dart that he throws to kendrick Bourne on the sideline to keep uh a drive alive and in bounds uh there's that the pass to Hunter Henry as well. Um, actually, he threw a nice one to Tyquan Thornton where Tyquan Thornton just didn't watch his uh, no-foot discipline. He kind of dragged his foot out of bounds. That would have been a big game for that was on terrible. in the third quarter. Um, he, lo- he By and large, he looked good. The pocket collapsed on him. I, he almost rolled himself. He still does have that odd tendency. Correct me if you're uh, – tell me if you disagree, but do you think he still has that weird tendency sometimes to – roll himself into protection issues like the protections breaking down on one side be it blind side uh or you know to 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 his visible side and he doesn't sort of feel it the way a brady or a pocket master does he sort of like sometimes tries to roll out get away and runs himself into some protection issues you know what i mean yeah and and he still i think does that a little too much for my liking 
because I still think he's uncomfortable. I still think he freaks out a little bit. I wouldn't be comfortable in there either. In general or because of the offense they're calling, the way things are schemed up, and the fact that he's not comfortable with it? Um, Kind of all of that because okay. of what has taken place between the months of August and December. Like, so I think, he's not broken anymore. No, but, but he still has still a, little, a little scrambled. Yeah, he's still he's still a little uh, punch drunk. He's still a little shy. He's still a little road that, weary. Yeah, a little bit. The sea legs is still moving lag. a little bit on. It. Yeah, um, got mat lag. We'll call it. We'll call it. <laughs> yeah, he. I, I think he still does. And um, one of the interesting photos you see our friend Zach Cox from Nesson with the uh, post game embrace between Matt Patricia and Vance Joseph and a uh, mm-hmm. poop eating grin. On it the... seems as though they were pleasant at midfield. Well, yeah, because I. I don't think Vance Joseph really meant anything by it. I actually think Vance Joseph could go to midfield tonight and say, see, I told you so. You, you threw yep. the ball short again, conservative. Like, it's the same offense I said. I, did, I didn't mean anything by it kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's, so. That's, yeah, I mean, like, he could have gone to him at midfield. And I think they were even discussing it during the broadcast tonight, how they believed that that line was not offered as a slight, a criticism, a troll job, or a barb this week. It was just an observation, like, I call defense. If I was running a defense right now, excuse me, if I was calling an offense right now, this is probably how I would call it as well. This is how my defensive mind works in trying to imagine how you would matriculate or advance the ball down the field. So I, I didn't, you know... I th- we all tried to make more of it because you know we're looking for storylines. Things. Well, he to did smirk. Onto. But there yeah, was a little a smirk, little smirk when he little delivered. Of, little, little Bolton board action, but like it wasn't that bad. No, it was not that big a deal. And I think you could have said the same thing of, let's just say that um, an offensive line coach got promoted to play caller. He could have mm-hmm. said that you know it almost looks like you'd expect an offensive line coach to call a game conservative. Like I, I just a little too much was made of it. But whatever, we can move on to the uh, the game because. In, in ways, this was a really interesting game. Actually, you know what? If this were a preseason game, it would be super interesting. Cause we'd it be would talking have been about... by far the most interesting preseason game because of what an absolute snooze the preseason was this year. Well, and you had rookie, rookie, rookie making big plays. Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, and Marcus Jones all mm-hmm. making big plays. Marcus Jones needs like three days off. The guy never left the field. I thought this was Andy Hart in high school. Like This, this is not how football all is supposed right, to be played the at the flex. professional level. It's high school football. That's how you play it. You play all three phases. You, you play. All, I get it. You play all three phases as well. By the way, Marcus Jones, if we're going to start working the Marcus Jones side of the street, um, in addition to the fact that they should probably just give him off until Friday before they yeah. play the Raiders Sunday at 4.05 Eastern from Allegiant Stadium, he's quickly working his way into the might be most the most talented player on the team conversation. Uh, he's up there. I, it, the funny thing is, you know what I think needs the most work? His coverage. Uh, me, me getting in and out of breaks on the postgame show. Are you screwing it up? Are we behind no, already? No, I'm not. You just always love to bust my chops about that. I do. But no, I, I actually think the thing that looks uh, the, the roughest right now okay. is some of his actual coverage, his intermediate coverage, where he gets lost a little bit. He's a mm-hmm. step or two out of position because his tackling, great. His running with the football, whether it's on offense or on special teams, is great. The hit he laid on uh, Trey McBride, which was like eight inches taller and 60 pounds heavier. Got to be twice his size. Yeah, twice his size. And he knocked him down. Great catch, by the way, by McBride, too, to hold on to the football. But yeah, yeah, like that was that was an Iron Man performance by Marcus Jones because they they were dealing with a lot of injuries. There's a lot of guys 
Thornton even. Even though Thornton didn't have a great game, he had to step up and take a lot of reps that I don't think uh, he mm-hmm. otherwise would have had if Parker were still in there and Myers were still out there. So give the uh, give the rookie class uh, at least an A for effort and being out there and trying to do their jobs. We'll catch a break right now because David Andrews has spoken. Josh Uche is at the podium right now as well. Uh, when we come back in just a few minutes, hopefully we will be there in time for Coach Bill Belichick. Uh, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones, and we will bring you the best of any other locker room or podium audio in victory. Patriots 27, Cardinals 13 from State Farm Stadium in the desert. And Andy, to your point, this from Jeff Howe an hour ago, Marcus Jones through three quarters, a catch for 12 yards, an interception for 18 yards, two kick returns for 47 yards, seven tackles, six solo, two passes defensed, and a partridge in a pear tree. Damn, have a night, Marcus <laughs> Jones. What hell of a pick. You got Fitzy, you got Hart, we got you here on the Six Rings postgame show till 2 a.m. 617-779-7937 is the number. Your calls, Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and more on the other side just after midnight here on WEEI. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back to the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. Just at the midnight hour here on the Six Rings postgame show, Patriots 27, Cardinals 13, a game where the Patriots were definitely the better of the two teams at times were trending in the wrong direction, but def- but ultimately, I would dare say, Andy, played like the team that wanted to win the game more or at least lose it less. The, uh, the lesser of two evils in a game that was sloppy at times, imperfect, and injury riddled for both sides. Just read a nice update. Uh, I believe from Chris Mason, where Jack Jones said that he believes he just has a bruised knee and he should be fine. And considering the depth in the secondary, Devin McCourty getting a little bit dinged up as well. That could be uh, with Jalen Mills missing tonight's game as well. That could be very important for the Patriots as they head towards Sunday's matchup with the Raiders out at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, before we get to the coach, the quarterback, and more, Andy, would you like to take a call and hear from the Pats fans, the voice of the people watching tonight's game? I very much would, because I'd like to see how this win is received by the fan base. I, same here. Same, same, same. I would like to hear how this game is resonating throughout the halls of Pats Nation and around the world. Uh, don't forget, we are broadcasting from our Best Yet brand studio here on the Six Rings Post Game Show. And of course, as always, we are brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z U D Y dot com, for your free trial. To the phones we go, 617 779 7937. Keith, no, not Richard, of hmm? the Midday Show and soon to be evenings. Richard Keith is in the car. He wants to talk MVPs and LVPs from tonight's game. Hello, Keith. How are we doing, guys? up we're up talking ball man and the patriots won life ain't bad life ain't bad i'll tell you this you guys know i usually have a little bit of a negative attitude but i gotta say <laughs> oh it's for uh it's our guy you know <laughs> yeah i'm here i'm here mvps lvps i'm gonna start with the mvps you know marcus jones what a four down player i don't i don't think we've had a four down player like this in years 
maybe since Devin McCourty was drafted in the first round, supposed to be a cornerback, you know, went to safety, whatever. But, hey, Marcus Jones making an impact on the game. Josh Uchi and uh, Judon both looked great tonight. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, LVPs, I'm going to go straight to it. I got to tell you. An MVP is Bill Belichick as a GM tonight because Pierre Strong, you know, all the rookies, they all look great. Thornton, uh, Kevin what's the Harris. Other running back name? Yeah, yeah, whoever. Kevin Harris, yeah, he looked great. <laughs> uh, running backs are a dime a dozen. But, you know, they all looked good tonight. LVPs, this coaching staff is awful. And the offensive line is even worse. I can't take it. Like, you know, we won. I'm high. I'm I'm ready to go. You know, we got the we got the Raiders coming up. We gotta go three and we, we gotta go three and one to end it. The Bengals are gonna be a tough game on Christmas Eve, but maybe the Bills wrap up the conference and we got you know a layup there. Tua looked like crap last night. He can't throw over the middle. Linebackers just have to drop back, and we'll be all set. So. You know, I, I'm riding high, but in the end, this team, you know, it still sinks. All right, boys. <laughs> my favorite. How nice to start with my favorite car. But, you know, in the end, it still stinks. Keith is the best. Thank you for calling in, Keith, and helping us start the caller portion of the Six Rings postgame show off on a high and honest note. Um, yeah, you know, running backs a dime a dozen. I got to tell you, tonight, it was nice to see uh, a little 2012 Ridley and Vereen flash from Kevin Harris, who did, who I honestly like just put a, add a one to his jersey number, and you got another Harris wearing 30 instead of 36, 37. Some big, bad, angry runs from him. He was bound and determined on those three carries that he got 32 yards, ultimately ending in a touchdown to make his way into the six point house. And that, and that uh, delayed draw wide left to Pierre Strong. Finally, nice to see the burners and the Jets get turned on, huh, Andy? Yeah, this this is showing you the the potential these guys have. I think you also see they're a little raw. There was a blitz pickup that I think Kevin Harris was sort of mm-hmm. out of position on, but they they both have the ability to run with the football. They're both athletes. Mm-hmm. You have a power runner and a speed based runner. They have that ability if they can settle into the other aspects. And we always know in New England it usually takes a year. They they force you to to learn all the intricacies of playing the position before they put you out there with regularity. But it was nice to see a little taste of those guys. And, and again, all the rookies. I mean, you Thornton was out there all night. I know the line wasn't good, but Cole Strange was out there. all Like the bulk of your rookie class, not Zappy, even if some people may have wanted to see Zappy, um, was out there. So, um, yeah, the GM, I guess, gets a little credit because the young guys made plays in this game. Uh, interesting, just real the- quick on the Jack Jones thing. Sure, go ahead. It's great that he says it's just a bruise, but if it's just a bruise and he kind of laughs it off, how come he what they they kind of needed him out there? They were they're thin at cornerback. Mm-hmm. I'm just we'll see how that plays out over the next week or so. Oh, there's no guarantee. It's not Doctor Jones, you know. Uh, hey, yeah, he's uh, no Doctor Hart. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's not going to get a chance to just like self-diagnose and be like, "Hey, you good? Yeah, it's probably just a bruise." Okay, we'll take you at your word. That's fine. Get out there against uh, Devontae Adams next Sunday, right? Like, Right. That's not, obviously not the, how that's going to work. But for him to say it's feel, yeah, you know, Christian Barmore was trending towards being fine and making his way back on the field. Next thing you know, he's put on IR and missed. Haven't seen him weeks. since. We're, by the way, yeah, we haven't seen him in a long. We haven't seen him since the Cleveland game. I don't believe. 
which is also the last time the rookies all basically played and were on display and made positive contributions like they did tonight in victory as well. Uh, Andy, when is Barmore expected to come off IR or eligible to be activated? Uh, I believe he is now. I think he might be able to be back for the Raiders game. And yeah, because Bill nice was condition. asked. I think Bill was even asked if they planned on him traveling with them last week. Mm-hmm. He was definitely asked about him and left the door open. I wouldn't say was overly optimistic, but left the door open. Because um, he would be a nice addition mm-hmm. down the stretch. As you as you go to face some pretty damn good offenses for each of your final four games. Mac Jones comes up, nice little uh, little button down, little suit. Looks like he's, you know, like... Uh, you know, enjoying like uh, about to head to, you know, happy hour drinks after uh, a biz cash meeting for a little while. Like that's what we expect out of Mac Jones as well. Well, Nice job by him also to start off by offering prayers up for now a former Washington state coach, now current Mississippi state Bulldogs football coach, Mike Leach, who apparently suffered a severe heart attack over the weekend. And unfortunately during the football game tonight, RIP Mike Leach was trending erroneously as was refuted by one and many people with knowledge of the situation. Uh, Mike Leach is a great football coach, um, a very funny man as well, an interesting person, and uh, it was great to hear Mac Jones start the con- start his presser off that way. This one was also kept pretty brief. I thought uh, yeah. Stacey James got to this one. It, it's They're almost doing this, Andy, like it's sort of like, all right, I know we got to do all this, but guys, we got to get some sleep. We got to fly to Vegas tonight, so if we could just do our little slap and tickle song and dance and get it over with, that'd be great. Yeah. Are they even flying to Vegas? Uh, I think so. I, oh, I thought they were working out in Arizona. Uh, they were at probably... Arizona University of Arizona with Jed Fish. Eh, the old pal. Let's see. Uh, according to it's a four hour. It's three hundred miles as the crow flies. Three hundred miles. So they uh, are going to Vegas tonight. Eh, I don't. I don't know if they're going to go tonight as well. Maybe they'll stay and work in uh, work out in Arizona and then. Yeah, I thought uh, that's what they were doing. out there, they avoid the extra travel. They avoid the big storm that is going to hit the Midwest and the Northeast later on in the week. So classic Patriots plan as well. I, I do want to play, and I'm not sure if we have to catch a break right this second, but I do want to play. These were Mac Jones. Like He was a little more reserved. Um, we obviously saw that moment during the game. It, it was no, uh, you know, throw the effing ball, the effing quick game. Sucks, like he said in the Amazon broadcast and the defeat to the Bills uh, now just less than two weeks ago. No, but he shortened it to just the F-bomb. Yeah, today it was just an <laughs> F-bomb, and he just waved off. Like A lot of right. people were talking about how proud they were of Mac Jones, that he waved off Matt Patricia and was like, all right, enough of you. Like I'll, I'll call my own plays. Um, <laughs> hopefully not more like that god-awful handoff that almost ruined the Nick Volk field goal at the end of the first half. But here was Mac Jones on ESPN Terp, if you have this. This was him answering the question about his visible frustration in the game uh, coming right off the field after the Patriots won. We see the frustration, the emotion, the sparks, and we think, "Uh uh-oh, something's wrong. But you say it's just competition and that it actually can have a positive impact. How so? Yeah, I think um, at the end of the day, this is an emotional game. And I think everybody feeds off emotion. And at times we're we're too flat, and that's what I try to do is motivate my guys. And they responded really well, the defense, everybody. So... Shout out to everybody on our team for responding, and we got to get to work. We got to finish, uh, get ready for next week against a good team. See, he sounds completely different there. Like he sounds a little. Now, granted, he just finished the game. He's on field, national yeah. TV network. The fans are screaming and cheering for him out there. So different energy. But like the Mac Jones that either is on WEI 
or on the podium following Belichick, like the faint whiff of genius still in the air, Stacey James to his side, like completely different, completely different. I didn't even know that was him. Like if you had just played that audio and not told me who it was, mm-hmm. I would not have said Mac Jones. Who that that voice, I've not heard that voice from Mac Jones, that that tone from Mac Jones. You're you're 100% right. That's interesting. That's really interesting because that yeah. is there's more energy in that and I understand he's still on the field, but yeah, he then takes it bump bump bump, lowers it like 3 no. Yeah, like I've said in the past and will continue to say like That was that's you know really interesting. It's Andy, you know what it is? It's like uh like if your friend is a, you know, a real smart talker or like super cocksure confident whatever and he comes you know like he's always just like whatever dude come on let's go out later let's do this whatever like she's into you like all all the chicks dig me or whatever then comes over to your house for dinner later and is like yes mrs hart no mrs hart <laughs> right. of course right you know you know what i mean yep yeah no that, that's um that's a good pickup by you the the very very different tone totally different i want more of that mac jones on the field and less of the yeah, you know, well, we just got to do like no. Talk yeah. about the fact that, like it's football's emotional. I got to motivate my guys. This is my squad. Let's ride. Let's do this. Blank. Yeah. Now it makes me. It, I've always known it's a little bit fake that he's trying to say the right thing, but even the tone and the delivery is kind of fake. You know, it's really none of that is really him. That's interesting. Good pickup, Fitzy. Thanks, buddy. Grayson, Paul, Marty, Rick, everybody holding on right now. I'm going to get to you as soon as we come back in just a minute's time. we got to pay the bills, and we'll be back right here. Fitzy, Hart, you, Six Rings Post Game Show, 617-779-7937. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. Back to the phones we go here on the Six Rings Post Game Show. Let's hear from you, the people that power Patriots Nation. I got Grayson all the way down in South Carolina. He would like to talk about this particular West Coast trip for your New England Patriots. What's up, Grayson? What's going on, guys? How y'all doing? How you doing tonight, pal? Thanks for calling in. I'm good. I mean, it's finals week here in Clemson, so this Patriots game was all about I was looking forward to today. But um, kind of thinking about this, this little West Coast trip they got here, I was thinking on my way to, like, just a macro final, dreading it, going, man, this this kind of feels a little bit like a deja vu type of thing from 2020 because these teams – oh, good. Uh, these teams could not be more different in terms of roster and just makeup, but in terms of record and just kind of where they're headed, that 2020 team is kind of hanging on to the playoff race. They're hunting around. They got the Chargers and the Rams on Sunday, and they're talking about staying on the West Coast. And – I was thinking, okay, this this Arizona Cardinals win, you need to get that tonight, obviously, to get back in the playoffs. But this could be a kind of a run for New England here where you got Cincy, you got Miami, you got Buffalo to wrap up the season. A West Coast trip where you go two and zero, kind of jubilate the team. Could you guys see potentially this this run where they go two and zero, they take care of business against a Raiders team that I feel is kind of just deflated after that Baker Mayfield Thursday night game? Could you see this team kind of go, okay, we got something here. There's a little juice to it. 
as they face Joe Burrow on Christmas Eve. Appreciate the call, Grayson. Thanks much, and good luck on uh, good luck on those exams as well. Clemson, great area. There's no P in there, Andy, but definitely pronounced as well. Um, hmm. Could two wins on the West Coast trip create the necessary momentum for the Patriots to be able to go on a run, beat the Benz gals on Christmas Eve, and make a playoff run? Uh, you, I, I, I look at it this way. This, this road trip is dissimilar to me from the 2020 road trip. First off, you beat the Chargers or the Patriots beat the Chargers 45 nothing in one of the weirdest yet roundest whippings the team ever delivered an opponent as long as I can remember and definitely during the Belichick era and then turned around Thursday night and got their ass handed to them by the L.A. Rams in a thoroughly lopsided affair. I don't see any of these games being nearly as, as lopsided, for number one. And number two, different squads, different times, but number two... They can win Sunday and and walk into the Christmas Eve affair with the Bengals with all the confidence that they want, Grayson, and anyone else listening right now. But I don't think that that's going to necessarily help carry over and beat a team that has some of the best receivers, best backs, and a guy playing quarterback so well now that he's gone from a 500 record back into the MVP conversation. And they can have as much confidence as they want because of two wins on the West Coast. They won't have more confidence than Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It's not possible, right? right? So at best, you're trying to match the confidence of the opposition. And, oh, by the way, the talent of the opposition. Um, and I also, we can get into this later maybe, and, and certainly as, as the week goes on on the Six Rings podcast, but the Raiders game to me is different because of Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't, there's some truth that the Raiders are having a disappointing season, and that was a disappointing maybe demoralizing loss. I'd go with the latter of the two D words, yeah. But the the familiarity and the Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, like there's a lot of layers to this that I don't think make it um, – I, I don't think it's a layup. I do not think the trip to Las <clears throat> Vegas is a layup by any means. First of all, I don't think the Patriots are good enough to pencil in layups against anybody. And then, as I said, the layer that Josh McDaniel's familiarity, Belichick has had issues with assistant coaches or former players, and a lot of those people have had a lot of success winning games against him. So I think there's some some differences in this matchup. As far as Cliff Kingsbury being a former player, now head coach in the NFL, and Bill Belichick having a blind spot there, there was nothing Cliff Kingsbury could have done tonight with his players. You know, Cardinals, the injury to Kyler Murray, which very well could be season-ending for him. It certainly was evening-ending there in the first quarter, just a couple plays in for the Cardinals. But when you've got people making mistakes like DeAndre Hopkins deciding to try to make a play with the ball and not just holding it like a loaf of bread, but like one-handing it wide open out in space, just begging for someone to swat it out of his hands, which was done by Duggar, I believe, yeah. which led to the scoop and I'm score. I'm not sure by he actually... That's what I wanted to circle back around. Awful. Are we really giving him credit for a forced fumble? Because I thought it I just popped out of Hopkins' hands. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know what you're doing. You're like, I know a lot of these great athletes do that. They run with the ball like that, the Deion Sanders or whoever. But put the, I mean, Walter Payton did it, right? They, mm-hmm. Some of the greatest of all time do that. But put the ball, if he puts the ball away there, this game may play out differently. That changed yeah. the whole tenor of the game. Yeah, the Hollywood like like Cliff Kingsbury had anything to do with the Hollywood Brown drop. I mean, like that's a game changer right there. Like he catches that ball. That drive yep. is alive. Maybe the Cardinals get the score. Instead, they turn the ball back over the Pats. The Pats drive down. They get some points. 
Uh, I don't think it was it had nothing to do with Kingsbury. I thought Colton McCoy made the right read. Uh, he just didn't make the right throw, or at least didn't throw it well enough on that Jelani Tavai tip. Oh uh, yeah, that was end. a terrible pass. You got to complete that. Like you can't allow. You got to get it over the linebacker's yeah. reach because the guy's open. And also, like risk. Like, do you take the three there if you're Arizona just to try to put some points up on the Patriots because you missed the field goal earlier? Prater misses from 51, I believe. Uh, but then you're dri- you only punt once in the first half. You're driving. You're driving. You have a chance to put up more points. You could have made it a two score game. Prater's got got a big leg. That would have been another 51 yarder. But instead, they go for it. They get greedy. I guess I won't call it greedy. Somewhere Brandon Staley's like, yo, they definitely made the right call. But right. he makes the ro- bad throw. Tavai leaps up, makes a big play. And, you know, like as Bill Belichick mentioned in his presser, plays like that are difference makers when it's that nip and tuck for a while amongst two, you know, mediocre teams. Yeah, no question. And I, I said this when we started. Like, in the end, the Cardinals just made a few mistakes to give it away, and the Patriots mm-hmm. made a few key plays to to take it to to take that ball literally and run with it as Raquan McMillan did and some of the other opportunities that they they took advantage of so I, I give the Patriots full credit for the victory but you know to compare this to that Chargers win where Justin Herbert was kind of coming into his own and well I mean you just beat Colt McCoy Colt McCoy who yeah. does like a college football podcast in his spare time he's barely still in the NFL um, he actually played pretty well. You know, well. he's a, he's a decent backup. He's you know no, better than the Sam Bradfords him. and the other barons of the world who made money but stunk at quarterback. But as you said, you added his name to the list of the Jacoby Brissetts and Zach Wilsons and Sam Ellingers and the quarterbacks that you've beaten this year. Jared, Jared when Jared Goff is the best quarterback you've beaten all year, eesh. although that yeah. win that win is actually looking a little betterish now, considering the Lions might be streaking towards a wild card. And that Go Bears streaking. loss is looking worse. All right, Paul's in Rhode Island, Andy. Uh, he'll take the win, but he's not so sure about su- this next Sunday. Hi, Paul. All right, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate your, your your crew. Listen, let's not make it simple. You know very well that the Patriots division is very tough. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's not be extra – what do you call it? Um, anyway – Listen, the Lions and the Patriots are going to make the wild card. That's it. Only because there's no challenge anywhere. The NFL product is unpredictable. Okay? And there's no way, there's no way that the the Patriots are not in, in in challenge with the Lions. Let me tell you something. Yes. Paul, thank you very much uh, for the call. I don't call. know. I think I was on like my uh, 10th bit. Thank you very much for the call, Paul. I appreciate that. Uh, what the hell was that? I don't know. I don't know where I am. Did we, is, um, could you just check outside, Andy, and make sure this is still Earth? I believe it is still Earth, yes. But um, <laughs> I'm not know. so we sure that the Paul is on it. That was, uh, well, the, so did he just guarantee that the Lions and the Patriots are making the playoffs? He did. We had our first right there. Uh, book bookmark that audio Terp uh, twelve thirty eight tonight. Paul from Rhode Island just guaranteed That's that a... the Patriots and the Lions are both going to make the playoffs because they're in competition. Uh, and what else did he say? Uh, I, don't I don't know, know, but that's a parlay parte. Patriots wow. and Lions guaranteed to make the playoffs. How about that? 
How about that? Cody in Chicago, you got a lot to live up to after that call, my friend. Hello, Cody. I don't think you did it. Cody. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I put the phone down. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you, friend? Thanks. Welcome to the Six Rings postgame show. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys just saw the emotional control Mac just showed um, as he was losing his mind throughout that game. Uh, yeah, no, we definitely saw the, we definitely saw Mac get his composure together. We saw how fired up he was, or at least how emotional, uh, and excited he was about getting the win and getting his guys on the same page and steering the rowing the boat in the right direction on field after the game. But then it was the typically demure and understated Mac Jones on the podium afterward. No, yeah, he, he was losing his mind during the game. Just yep, another like a, nationally televised a, a F-bomb. Yep. that we've, you know, we've, we've been known to see, <laughs> And I think Mac Jones showing the emotion, waving Pat, you know Matt Patricia off the sideline. I think this is the time Mac he's, he's turned it around. Oh, so this was the day he became the man. Well, you know it's he had the injury earlier in the year. He's turned it around now. He's come back. He's rehabilitated. He's got the fans back. I don't know if you guys you know been following Twitter, following Facebook. Mm-hmm. A lot of comments sent out about Mac Jones. Yeah, I'm not sure he has all the fans back. I, I think he has. He's the majority. Real, he's real. I think it's still close to fifty-fifty. Quite honestly, um, that's very a unofficial. couple percentage points back in his way. More some converts. I still think there are the Zappy Hour people, but they're not as vocal right now, Cody. See, that's I don't think it's a. To me. <laughs> I don't think it's a Mac Zappy thing anymore. Now it's just it's a Mac versus Mac thing. Like, is Mac the, good the, enough? The Zappy comments are great. They're they're always kind of out in the distance. Hey, Zappy hours. Like, they, they're not even watching the game. They just love posting right. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're stuck in in like week five. But um, no, Mac. He he showed the emotion. He was fired up, waving Matt Patricia off. Wins the game. This is the turning point right here. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I hope you're right. I'm not Thank sold. Thank you, Cody. But we appreciate the call. Right. There are two in a row, Andy. Now, we had, uh, we had one in a caller row. a few minutes ago say that the Patriots were not going to possibly win the second leg of, um, well, actually, I should say we had a caller on hold, but then he dipped off. But his call was all about the Patriots did okay tonight, but they were no way going to win the next leg of the trip. Then we get Paul guaranteeing the Patriots and the Lions are going to make the postseason. And now we've got Cody in Chicago saying that the season has been turned around thanks to Mac his control of his emotions and the fire that he displayed on field and his accuracy in the quarterback position tonight. Do we Did really he control think... his emotions? Not re- I mean like he got he got a hold of him I should say. Excuse me. Kind of and he had help. You know what makes it easier to get a hold of your emotions when you're Drugs. celebrating Raekwon McMillan dancing in the end zone, right? Yeah. Like yeah, when, when there's a scoop and score strips, when your yeah. linebacker, you know, takes a You didn't a scoop you didn't have to do score. anything. You didn't have to do anything. Like nothing. So I think that makes it easier. That took some of the stress out, and he comes over, and they had that little moment where he kind of half-hugged uh, Patricia on the sideline. But there's still plenty of frustration. Now, he, he said no post-game. You heard that, right? Mm-hmm. He was asked specifically if he's frustrated with the offense. He said no. I don't believe him. He very I much say liar, is. liar, pants on fire as well. <laughs> right, 100%. Um, but he's he's still working through it. I do think... I'm not as optimistic that he has flat out turned the corner, but the guy that was broken about a month and a half ago, um, he's come a long way since then on the field in terms of taking care of the football, but also I think in terms of just managing everything that's going on. Like 
it's a tough season. It's been a tough year for him to run this offense. Mm-hmm. It's been a tough year for the team. They're not winning as much as they want, they, whatever their expectations were. Um, I do think he's doing a better job of managing the totality of his world right now. 617-779-7937 is the number. If you would like to join the Six Rings postgame show, talking Pats, Cards, Mac Jones, and more, we will get to, of course, Andy Hart's thumbs up, thumbs down as we progress through the postgame show, the player of the game, and so much more. You got Fitzy, you got Hart. We're on WEEI, and we got you till 2 a.m. on the Six Rings postgame show. Don't go anywhere. Breaking down the game that was. This is the Six Rings postgame show. Here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. I think the question on everyone's mind right now, Andy, is was Coach Bill Belichick reserved in his postgame presser, which only lasted a couple of minutes? Of course, this season we've heard him opine for double-digit minutes, uh, sometimes almost 15 minutes long in victory on a number of random topics. Was he saving up his energy to watch tomorrow what would be uh, 12 o'clock Mountain Time, Argentina, and Croatia in the World Cup semifinals, of course, Bill Belichick uh, of Croatian descent proudly displayed on his jacket and jersey time and again. A big, flan- a big fan of the Croatian soccer team. Do you think that's the reason? Uh, sure. Let's go with that. That's a <laughs> realistic possibility. Or, or, or just, just 70 and tired here. like the rest of us. Could be that, too. Or maybe he didn't want to, you know, exactly do a victory lap jumping jacks when the other team's best player went down on the third play of the game, and then they kind of gave you the game. And Just Colt saying. McCoy was the quarterback, and you had to beat another terrible quarter, another very mediocre quarterback on the wall of mediocre quarterbacks that were where you stash your victories on the 2022 season. Because if you look at this game, like they weren't good on third down again. Mm-hmm. They were 50-50 in the red zone. Pass um, pro was meh at best. Pass pro wasn't great. You still had Mac Jones and Matt Patricia not really being on the same page. Kind of frustration going back and forth there. Another there was nationally televised f bomb from your quarterback, right? So there was your like, offensive coordinator. A lot of the issues are still kind of issues, and then you're adding more injuries. You're getting more uh, depleted by injuries as you move forward here. So, um, not sure it was a huge victory lap time. For Bill Belichick probably tonight. probably so I made a list of questions I wanted to ask you throughout the uh, post game show if you will some issues uh, do you, you know a, a veritable agenda a, a litany of things I want to see if you believe the Patriots addressed I'm going to feed this one to you then take a call I okay. saw this tweet a few minutes ago from Pat's pulpit complete the sentence watching the Patriots offense is like blank I want you to think about that Andy watching the Patriots mm. offense is like blank as we take our next caller up in beautiful manchester new hampshire joe wants to talk patriots joe what do you think watching the patriots offense is like joe Joe. what's going on buddy joe how are you kid welcome to the six rings post game show dude you're the man by the way i just want to say that's the first time i ever called in and uh, i'm so happy for you um, with everything that you've uh, accomplished, you're amazing. Dude, I love listening to everything that you do. It's the first thing I want to say. Uh, watching the Patriots offense, um, I mean, it's, it's not to be cliche, but it's just like watching kind of like the bad news bears for a little bit there. Um, but uh, I think they're going to get better. I think they're going to tighten up. And uh, I'm not just a uh, 
I'm not just a super like I'm not just a hopeful person, but I think you nailed it earlier in the show when you were talking about the energy change in Mac. Um, there's something going on with him, and I think he's sick and tired of getting uh, of just kind of being like <clears throat> nobody really knowing who he really is. You know what I mean? And um, and he and you know to be uh, to be fair, I mean you're right. You know what I mean? The way he does his interviews and stuff like that is very lackluster and stuff like that. He doesn't really have that energy, but that's what we need for Mac. And uh, and real quick, Fitzy, if I could, I just yeah. wanted to say. Um, Last year, when the Patriots got outed in that playoff game, mm-hmm. the last couple of minutes, the camera panned over to the sideline, and it was a blowout. And uh, and it it just it, maybe it was the wrong timing or whatever, but it just had it showed Mac Jones like smiling and laughing on the sideline. And I remember thinking to myself, "What are you what are you smiling about, bro?" And um and like that's not what Tom Brady would do. Now he's a rookie; he was going to the Pro Bowl and all that. And like I know, you know, it is what it is. But I remember thinking to myself, this might not be the guy. And, um, and, but I do believe that, that everything that's kind of happened with him, I mean, he's definitely talented. I do believe that, that he's going to have like an energy change type thing. He's going to just get more, more focused, more dialed in. He's, he's, he's young. He's kind of like, you know, he's, he's immature, not immature, but he's young. You know what I mean? So I think that's why he was kind of yucking it up. And like, he's like, yeah, it is what it is. But in new England, we really care about football for sure. And uh, having the you, best You coach, bet we do, Joe. We care about football. We care about winning. We care about our teams being competitive. We care about the efforts by the players and the teams, the coaches, all of them representing the hard work, the ethic, the time invested in, in the teams as well. And I get what you're saying. And I get what you're saying there. Thank you for the compliment. And thank you for the call as well, Joe, go Pats. But, um, I think in a lot of ways, while maybe he was laughing awkwardly or just trying to lighten the mood or maybe they were just sort of left in awe at how poorly they played or especially how great Buffalo played against them last season, which has sort of continued this year, but there was just no way to prepare for or even describe uh, ready yourself for that absolute door blowing off that they received by Buffalo in the wild card round, Andy. I know some of us look past the inevitable, and some of us called it from miles away. It's okay. Some of us ignored it because we're we're fanboys, and that's how we do. But let's not forget, number one, Mac Jones has showed a lot of fire this year, and maybe this maybe this is his growth year. Like, we've talked about, like, I, I kind of wouldn't mind exploring this a little bit more in the next hour. I Maybe this is his growth year, but it's come in a different way. Like, maybe he's just going to have to, like, you know, go through the trials of hell or just get injured and go through a bad play caller and have everyone doubt him. And he's going to have to like fight back against all of that this year and show personal and team wide success in the face of all of this personal, uh, physical and emotional adversity. And, and in, in, in answer to him laughing about that on the sidelines as well, totally get that point, Joe, but he did have for months this summer, uh, I believe it was as was first pointed out by Sports Illustrated, perhaps um, the picture of him walking off the field in black and white Buffalo celebrating behind him. And he had like almost in like a serial killer font, forty seven seventeen scribbled on that photo. You remember that one, Andy, like he was hanging it there to remind himself as motivation that they got clobbered by Buffalo and they needed to scrape back. Yeah, they definitely did. I do you remember him laughing on the sideline? Because I don't. I, I don't. I don't either. But that's weird that that memory would stick out for someone like Joe, who sounds like he misses as many Patriots games as us, and that would be zero. Yeah, no. I just I don't recall it because the it's funny he brought it up because after the um, 
botched exchange with Harris tonight, mm-hmm. there was a camera angle that looked like Mac was smiling on the sideline, and even um, somebody texted me. It was like, was Mac just smiling after they fumbled an exchange on the field? He so, sat down, I saw I saw him sat down on the sit down on the bench. Yes, he did have a little bit of a smile on his face. Was that was? Do you think that was a? I can't believe we botched the handoff on the RPO. Or I mean, I can't believe Maddie just whistled that play in. It's always dangerous to try to, you know, assess these things from afar and, and put mm-hmm. meaning upon them. But I thought that was interesting that and again, it could have been could have been anything. He could have been smiling that they didn't, you know, give the ball away or whatever. Like I, it could be a million things. Um, but laughing at the nerve with nervous energy over the fact yes. that they almost just blew a certain field goal after it looked like Arizona was going to score. But then the Tavai tip and a, a nice little drive by the Pats. Right. So, um, but it's interesting. I didn't recall because I feel like that would have been a bigger deal. Don't you think that would have been a big deal last January if um, Mac Jones was, you know, yucking it up on the sidelines in a 47 to 17 playoff loss? What if I told you most New Englanders probably weren't even awake to see the end of that game because everyone shut it off when it was like 30 or 33 to 14 or 40 to 14? It's a possibility, but I, I just would have thought in the uh, the mass media market that is Boston with multiple uh, radio stations and television stations and podcasts and columnists, mm-hmm. somebody would have shredded him for it. So yeah, I'm not I sure remember, I buy it. I don't remember that either. Granted, I was pretty numb by that point and that was not beverage based. It was just numb or day. dumb. What? I mean, a resting state of dumb, but mostly numb at that point (laughs) over the fact that it was just such an absolute, like, as lopsided a Patriots game as I can remember, especially one where the stakes were pretty high, considering that it was a a playoff game, the first one in the post-Tom Brady era as well. Um, I'd like to get a little bit more into that Mac Jones. uh, Do we think he's making progress? And, you know, what should, what could we possibly see as progress for Mac Jones this season? Plus, we have to address the did Bill Belichick coach for his life rumor uh, allegation and uh, hot take that was circulating around Pat's Nation earlier this week from Greg Bedard and more. And I need you to answer that question, Andy. And if anyone else wants to call in and tell us what they think watching the Patriots offense is like, feel free. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. It's Fitzy and Hart on the Six Rings postgame show here on WEI with you until 2 a.m. Final hour of the Six Rings postgame show here on WEI following the New England Patriots 27-13 victory at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona over the sadly Kyler Murray-free Arizona Cardinals. Of course, Kyler Murray, in case you missed it earlier tonight, on the third play from scrimmage was uh, scrambling because if he was running, it would have been a scheduled run or a called run. He was scrambling a bit for a first down, uh, juke to the right, something popped in his knee, down he went. You could see he was in excruciating pain, very emotional. Mario was carted off the field later. Uh, Reports are that the team believes it's not good and that it is likely a torn ACL ending his season, a season that was likely already over for the Cardinals as they were four and eight. They moved to, I believe, one and six at home this season. Wow, they are a really bad home team. And the New England Patriots, I guess this is now the least consequential or the least memorable of the four games they have played at that particular stadium, Andy. Uh, Obviously, the 2016 game, Jimmy Garoppolo's first uh, during the four games of Tom Brady's Deflate Gate garbage suspension, Super Bowl forty nine, and then some other game that was played back in February of two thousand eight. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it? 
I'm not really in the mood for it. As a matter of fact, um, as a matter of fact, you know, well, before we get to Mac Jones, Terp, I gave you a couple pieces of audio earlier. This was kind of fun. So I toggled back and forth watching this game. Um, I thought Buck and Aikman did, a, you know, did their job. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that Troy Aikman did call out the NFL or just like this particular season, echoing what Tom Brady had said. Of course, he didn't use the word that rhymes with pity that Tom Brady used to describe how the football that he even himself and his team have been playing at times this season, the quality of play and the caliber of 2022 NFL. Troy Aikman called it out earlier tonight. Uh, Joe Buck, uh, Terp, do you have, first, before we even get to Bill Simmons and his appearance on the Manning cast, do you have Joe Buck's intro for tonight's uh, Patriots cards game? It is a cool evening in the desert, but we're getting ready to heat it up. It's the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals for you. <laughs> the hell was that? Do you that? sometimes wonder if the broadcasters say to each other as they go through the meetings and they're like, wow, this is really boring talking to Patricia Belichick and uh, Mac Jones, and I think this game's going to kind of suck, so let's just kind of have fun with it tonight. Let's just go places with this one. Oh, yeah. No, no, no doubt in my mind that sometimes they do that, and sometimes the producers um, push them. There he is. Not the tallest guy in the world. Robert Wadlow was back in the day, but he couldn't sling it like Kyler. (laughs) Or maybe he had a couple nips before the game. See, that's the thing. Now, Twitter has made a thing out of saying drunk Joe Buck is back tonight. Well, wasn't he the one that didn't he? You're making $15 million a year and all you got to do is take a couple meetings, get in makeup, wear a suit and call a game alongside Troy Aikman, then do a hit with Scott Van Pelt afterwards. I'd be in the best mood every week, too. Well, yeah, I mean, he's got a pretty good gig in life, but I'm not sure that means you should be drinking on the job. I think that's I frowned I don't about. think he is imbibing or partaking of adult beverages and spirits, Andrew. Yeah, he probably wasn't. No, but, he probably uh, isn't. That was a weird energy. Weird energy. I give yeah, him that's, kind of, that's kind of become his thing now as he kicks off the Monday Night Football. But So I, I went back and forth between traditional broadcast and a little Manning cast because they did have some interesting guests tonight. Um they had uh, Joe Burrow, who was pretty boring, but that's kind of what he does. He's cool on the field and a little snoozy off, but that's fine. Then in the second quarter, they had Bill Simmons, who used to work at ESPN. I think this was his first appearance since being let go of his contract and the shutdown of Grantland years ago before he started the ringer. Then Keegan Michael Key and Adam Vinatieri in the fourth quarter. Bill Simmons was of interest because he has made no bones about how much he thinks that Eli got off lucky, like just, you know, like any Pats fan, hating the Manning brothers, having a rivalry with them, uh, thinking that the Giants got away with one or two in those Super Bowls, how heartbreaking it was, et cetera. Um, This was kind of fun, actually. This was a little bit of their exchange tonight. Um, Bill Simmons giving Eli the business over Super Bowl 42 and the infamous helmet catch. No, we don't have that one yet. Okay, that one will come later during the break. Okay. he did, though, offer... Do you have the Back to New England one, Terp? Yeah, we got that one. Okay. Um, he did drop this little nugget. I'm not sure if his little birdies are are chirping at him uh, from inside the organization. This has been building a little, uh, building up a little bit over the last couple of weeks, Andy. Jeff Howe obviously tweeted about it a little while ago and wrote about it. and uh, um, You know, something about sources. Everyone's got sources these days. Um, how valid they are or not, we'll see. But he offered this little nugget about um, a certain quarterback who used to play here who's pretty well known around these parts and what he may or may not be thinking about next year. I don't think Brady's going to retire. 
I don't think he's going to be in Tampa next year. And I do wonder, is there a possibility he could come back next year? A farewell thing. You know how much he means to Bob Kraft. Could this be the way to put a bow on it? Could he come back for one last season? Now, did Brady comes back and plays for the Patriots? For one last season. Did he tell you this? Did he text you this? No, he definitely did not tell me this. Brady's not talking to anybody right now. Yeah, I think should this we is... should we continue to entertain this or should we no. just put that one down now and just put a wrap on that? Well, Especially after I... the way he played yesterday. Oh, he was terrible. But um, I have yet to to hear. Or re- has anybody sourced this at all? All I hear is just open speculation. Yeah, that's like, that's exactly that's what I. Keep, that's, that's all, all Jeff Howe did. He put it on a list of like these teams Tom Brady could go to, and this is why it might make sense. And. Like there was, I, I haven't heard anybody, and it doesn't make any sense to me. It makes zero sense to me. Why would he want to come have a miserable season in New England where the team's not very good? Wouldn't he want to go have fun somewhere? If Brock Purdy can succeed and whoop his ass with the 49ers weapons, maybe that's a place he'd like to play, right down the street from his home and actually win a game at Levi Stadium. So, yeah, it, I, there's it makes zero no sense. chance. The San Francisco 49ers, when they have a seventh-round draft pick, they would have to pay no money to – uh, who's obviously a, a little bit of a gamer. Granted, now he's only got two appearances. He's there, Bailey Zappi, if you will. Two appearances, one start, big win in that game, obviously against a reeling Tampa Bay Buccaneers team and, and Tom Brady, who even his parents had bought tickets to the game to see. They weren't even there to see him. It was almost incidental that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Purdy, if you will, were, at, were in attendance at Levi Stadium to see their son get his first NFL start. They had bought tickets two months ago to see Tom Brady. Like, oh, we got to go see Tom Brady in person. Turns out their son got his first NFL start, and he played really well. I, but, like, as far as an audition for Kyle Shanahan, who has previously passed on Tom Brady in free agency, that was not the audition tape that he wanted to put. Not, not that he needs audition tape, but if you're Kyle Shanahan or anyone else, would you want to go with Brock Purdy for next to nothing? Uh, with your awesome system and your kick-ass defense, or would you want to spend thirty million bucks on Tom Brady? Oh, I would go with Brady, even though I didn't mm. think Brady played well, and I think he's been part of the problem in Tampa. I don't think he's been the whole problem. Um, I would go with Brady. Purdy had a good game. We'll see where it goes. A lot is being made of this too. That sort of annoyed me. This idea that Shanahan's proving that he can win with any quarterback. That's the exact opposite of what's happened on our website just earlier today. In fact, yeah. And that's the exact opposite of what's actually happened in San Francisco. When he hasn't had Jimmy G, he hasn't been able to win. This was a one-off. Now we'll see, maybe it'll continue because they do have good weapons. um, But he has needed Jimmy G to win (laughs) in recent years. And the record, I don't have the exact numbers, but the record is putrid without Jimmy G in San Francisco for Shanahan. So, but my bigger point was whatever the specific team would be, there's a, going to be a lot of teams out there that are a lot more palatable for a Tom Brady return, similar to when he arrived in Tampa, where it feels like it might be ready-made for a run. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see any way the Patriots would be that team, that they'd be ready-made for a run next year? Because I, I don't. No, as a matter of fact, I think the Patriots, if we thought they made a lot of moves and turned over personnel during the uncharacteristically aggressive shopping spree of last year, I think they're going to have to make almost just as many next year. There'll be changes on the offensive line. The defensive line may look similar to what it is now, just maybe minus Lawrence Guy if he decides to finally hang him up, but he's still giving a good, he's still a gamer and a good effort. Uh, offensive line will be different. Wide receivers will be different. You can't change the tight ends, really. You're especially locked into John o. Smith for one more year, it seems. 
running backs, you may part Damian Harris. Safety, I mean, I think a lot, of, there's going to be turnover everywhere, and you've got to get faster, you have to get younger, and you have to get more dynamic and dangerous. Yeah. I don't think they're going to load up enough that Tom Brady's going to say, my best chance is to come back in, displace Mac Jones, and finish my career where I started it. Hell no. No, because I, I don't think they have the resources. They have good money to spend, not stupid money to spend. But who's um, the team then? Who is the team, Andy? that is as ready for a postseason run the way Tampa Bay was with a loaded defense, wide receivers, weapons, and an arsenal galore a couple of years ago that just needed someone to step in and throw more touchdowns than picks as opposed to 33 interceptions like Jameis Winston did in 2019. I don't know who that team is. Well, the 49ers are certainly an option. That yeah. describes the 49ers. Great defense, mm-hmm. great weapons on offense, mm-hmm. want to get over the hump maybe. Um, now they have a weird situation with Trey Lance coming back and then Purdy mm-hmm. and everything that's going on there. Um, but I would, I would include them as one of those, those type teams. Um, I'm trying to think of another beast. That would be so strange. Like, you know, ousting Garoppolo once again, if, you know, what, what well, he's what, done there. I mean, his contract's yeah, no, up after done. this season. He's got but a better I mean, his chance of playing in New England next year than he does in San Francisco. Yeah, he. I can't imagine Jimmy will be back next year. Um, they, I, why would they re-sign him? You have Trey Lance. You can go get somebody else. You might have Purdy. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine that making any sense. I've I've heard people throw the Jets around for Brady. Yeah, that would be. Can Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine if New York Jets fans who have spent almost a quarter of a century reviling, mocking? detesting, loathing, doing everything under the sun they can to wish hex and hell and great fury and anger on this man would have to turn to him as a potential savior in hopes that maybe he would be the one to finally deliver them to the promised land of postseason or a Super Bowl. Can you imagine? Broadway I mean, Tom. <laughs> right? Good Lord. No that way. Hurt, huh? That would leave a mark, wouldn't it? Ugh. Maybe he, hey, listen, Tua isn't doing himself any favors the last couple of weeks. Maybe Brady will finally make his way to Miami and well, get that, a chance yeah. to play with their weapons. That was the original one. So that one, depending on it, that's the other thing. A lot of these could play out differently over the, the rest of December, January, and February. You know, whether it's injuries or just teams underachieving that maybe you think want to get over the top. Who knows? But I do think he's coming back. I do think he's going to play next year. I just don't think there's a shot in hell of it being in New England. I can't imagine that he would want to finish his season potentially with a losing record, that he would want to finish his career, excuse me, finish his career with a losing season, that he would want to finish his career maybe even losing out on his division. I mean, there's no guarantee that they're going to, the, the Buccaneers are 6-7. and seven. There's no guarantee that they're going to win their division now. Can you imagine Tom Brady leaving on an 8-9 and nine record blowing the easiest division title possibly in his career, or at least since the early 2010s with the New England Patriots when he had Edelman and prime Gronk, and then losing that and being like, yeah, it's good. I should have stayed retired, but I didn't. Now that my life's all messed up, uh, I'm going to go, guys. Hell no. He's going to want to absolutely come back for one more season so he can try and go out on top. Yeah, it just won't be in Tampa, and I don't know no. where it'll be, but it's going to be another interesting, entertaining uh, layer to the off season where there's going to be yet more quarterbacks because we're going to hear about Aaron Rodgers again. We're going to hear about some of these big-name quarterbacks potentially being on the move. Once again, we are broadcasting here on the Six Rings Post Game Show from our Best Yet brand studio, and we are brought to you by Zudi. 
Build any app your company needs in just a week's time. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y dot com, for your free trial. Back to the Mac Jones topic at hand, Andy. Um, Do you think there is a chance, if we had a number of callers earlier saying that they think Mac Jones has turned it around, Mac Jones will lead the turnabout face and the progress and a possible playoff push for the Patriots with his uh, his energy, his effort, his leadership, his gameplay. Do you think that the the way to salvage the season for Mac Jones is sure, obviously go on a nice little hot stretch run here and then maybe build some momentum, carry that into next season, or do you think maybe uh, the the it's more just about kind of like going through the suffering that he's gone through? And then, you know, surviving that and turning that into it like, hey, it can't get any worse for the kid. He survived all this. Think about how much better he's going to be for having gone through the fire of 2022 come next season. Well, I need to answer that in a weird way because that was actually brought up post game when I was on with uh, Dundero and KJ. And pregame. Have you, have you, yes. And I you say? know what? According to producer Justin Turpin, you need to answer that on the other side. So hold that answer, Andy. Tell me how you feel about Mac Jones. We'd love to hear from you guys as well. 617-779-7937. Let us pay the bills. We'll come back, talk about Mac Jones' development, how he can finish out the season. Plus, we'll get to Andy's thumbs up, thumbs down, the player of the game. It's all coming up here in the final hour of the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. We're back to the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. Hopkins, three catches, 49 yards. Over the middle, here he is. Loses the ball, picked up by New England, and touchdown, Raquan McMillan. Tucker forced it. Hopkins saying, my fault. And Raquan McMillan takes it down the sideline for the defensive score. Patriots back on top. One could argue that was the play of the game for the New England Patriots, if not a turning point in tonight's affair. It was 13 to 13 at that point. The Patriots were not, Patriots, excuse me, were able to get three points earlier in the third quarter. And then just when the Cardinals wanted to establish a drive and get some momentum themselves, the boneheaded play by DeAndre Hopkins, a great receiver who did not exactly have a hallmark DeAndre Hopkins night. The strip, if you will, or as Andy called it, the easy knockout by Kyle Duggar and the scoop and score from Raquan McMillan, putting the Patriots up 20-13 to 13 on way to the 27-13 victory. Okay, Andy, you were just teasing before we took the break about going on the pregame show with KJ and Dondero filling in for Mutt tonight here on WEI and addressing the idea of Mac Jones, his future, and how he could turn a positive out of the many negatives that have been his 2022 season. Please continue. Or should he even want to turn it into a positive down the stretch? And there's this interesting um, theory, fear-based theory out there for some fans that if Mac Jones, who has certainly played better over the last month, Mm -hmm. were to continue to trend upward over the end of the season to the point where maybe you're even feeling really good about Mac at the end of the year, some of us would see that as a positive. Some have fears that that would embolden Bill Belichick to want to keep Matt Patricia as the play caller and may give him reason to defend such a decision. And I don't really believe that. 
I, I've told you this already. I think that Matt Patricia will be reassigned within the staff mm-hmm. um, this offseason. But it's an interesting theory, and I wonder if Mac has even thought about that. Like, Mac's going to do his best, obviously. He's an, a competitor, vicious competitor, emotional, the whole thing. But in a weird way, if he plays better over the second half of the season and in the final month of the season, is he validating Matt Patricia? Oh, it just took them some time to to work the kinks out and to get the system changed and get on the same page. Could he be validating the guy that seems to so frustrate him? That's an interesting way, a very New England, if you will, a yes, very Boston, right. a very Boston sports media way to look at the remainder of Mac Jones's 2022 campaign, his sophomore season in the NFL. Would it benefit him to turn things around? grasp the offense or just say blanket I'm going to do it myself and you know wave off Matt Patricia and just decide to call his own plays you know go rogue when he wants to throw it downfield when he wants to hurry up whatever tempo etc or would it uh, may or maybe he finally grasps the system and Patricia develops a little bit more of a feel for it or would it be better if it's just an abject disaster and a flaming car wreck and then Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, Bill Belichick at all are left with no choice but to have to relieve Matt Patricia of his play calling duties. Hmm. Is there any way I could get both? Could I possibly see Mac Jones progress after having regressed so much earlier this season? But then the Patriots realize um, on the whole that Matt Patricia obviously is not the guy. I see what you're saying, Andy, and I have an equal fear but they just possibly can't can't there's no way anyone can say like yeah no this is this is the right guy he just needed a year to learn on the fly well what if they win the next 4 games and they win a shootout with Tua they win a shootout with Burrow they win a shootout with Allen can't just possibly saying. hope the patriots lose out just so we can just so the organization will rid itself of Matt Patricia as play caller can we well, no, I, you know, from your perspective, I think what you have to root for is a little bit like some of the games we've been seeing mm-hmm. where the offense isn't very good. The offense still has trouble on third down and in the red zone and can't make plays and all the, but somehow you sneak out a win as a turnover on defense. There's a punt return for Marcus Jones mm-hmm. and you steal a couple games. I think that's, that's the best case scenario from that perspective is try to win games any way you can but the offense still stinks, and it's obvious that the offense is not of an NFL caliber. Hanging around long enough to take advantage of, and this is very Bill Belichick, very Patriots football, hanging around long enough to take advantage of the other team when they do make their mistakes, and they will give you a couple throughout the course of the game. It's worked so far. not making as many mistakes as they make, therefore allowing yourself a shot at, uh, if not the chance to win the game. I see. I see what you're saying. I just can't imagine that they look at Matt Patricia at the end of the season when you've just got everyone under the sun, you know, and maybe it's a lot of the same people saying the same things over and over again. But when the entire world has realized that this is just not a contemporary caliber of professional football offense and that they I mean, what what if what if ownership comes, you know, and now now we get to the big topic from last week that was swirling around sports radio, sports radio and media and beyond. You know, um, was Bill Belichick coaching for his job tonight? That was the silliest thing I think I'd ever heard. And I've heard a yeah, lot of silly I, things, Andy. W- are we really to believe like he was going to be fired tomorrow? 
No, I think what it was was the the levy of frustration. The dam would have broken like, had he gone out there tonight and not been able to get a win against the Cardinals, not one in convincing fashion. And I still don't think. I mean, this was well, convincing, but they it was didn't. hardly. I no, mean, Kyler was Murray went out in the first three plays. Yeah, this was not convincing at all. No, they they were in a dogfight in the second half, and then the other team gave you the game. This mm-hmm. was not convincing in any form or fashion. I just. No, the Patriots didn't dominate or assert their will whatsoever. I mean, defensively, I guess you can say the pass rush got after it pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uchi and Judon took over in the fourth quarter when that patchwork offensive line of theirs, which made the Patriots' offensive line look positively dominant at times, uh, just broke apart. But to – I just – it's hard for me to even say, you know, Belichick's on the hot seat, never mind that one game. After all of this, everything that's happened, the good, the bad, the Tom Brady going, the Super Bowls, everything, it came down to a, a Monday night game in Arizona. Like I just it feels a bit much. I don't I don't really I, I don't really know how to feels like too much time on people's hands, too much thinking and overanalyzing and, and I'm I'm a believer that if this season falls apart, serious conversations have to be had. Tough conversations have to be had between Robert mm-hmm. Kraft and Bill Belichick. But not simply because of whatever happened at at Arizona on a Monday night in December. That, that that's a bit. Much uh, our pal Andrew Callahan at the Boston Herald said he had heard practices were crisp and sharp, maybe the sharpest of the season. Did that translate on the field tonight? Nope. It absolutely did not translate in any form or fashion. And that was not exactly a world beater of a defense. That was not the 85 Bears nor the 2000 Ravens. Oh, they stink. They are good at the line of scrimmage, but that's the worst red zone defense in the NFL and the worst team against tight ends. And obviously you saw Hunter Henry break free and catch a couple big ends tonight as well. But that's the team you're supposed to get right against tonight, running in the red zone, passing in the red zone. And the Patriots actually were able to score some red zone touchdowns tonight, for God's sakes. Yeah, they went 50-50, which for them is is better than the alternative. That's flat out spectacular. 0 for 6, so now you're uh, 2 for 10. Still pretty bad over the the totality of it, and still 3 of 11 on third down, which is bad. Um, So they they didn't – this was not a feel-good, get-right game against a team that was 31st in points, 32nd in the red zone, 28th in third down, allowed 4.6 yards per rush. On the, I, I guess you took advantage of that. The young guys ran mm-hmm. the ball pretty well. They had, what, just over 100 yards or close Let's to 100 see yards? The 96 between the two. Pierre Strong, 5 for 70, a 14-yard average. He got one touchdown. Kevin Harris, 8 carries for 26 yards. And Mondre only 3 for 8 before he had to exit the game with an ankle injury. Uh, hopefully that ankle injury is not so serious that it prevents him. And, of course, Mac Jones, five carries for a negative one yard as well. Um, hopefully that ankle injury does not prevent him from taking the field on Sunday against the Raiders as well. Of course, the the duo of the kids, which went for a total of 13 for 96, looked pretty good. A couple of big long runs on there, obviously padding those stats. But you're going to need Ramondre Stevenson on Sunday. Against Josh McDaniels. Just no, yeah, absolutely are going to need him back. So maybe keeping him off the field tonight was as much a preventative as as it was a need to keep him off the field tonight. Well, you could get Damian Harris back. Uh, I think maybe. you, you yes, definitely he was doubtful. need yep. one. He made the trip. He was on the sideline. Right. He did warm up. You definitely need one of the veterans uh, against the Raiders. I would not feel great about going into that game with just, even though they played well and stepped mm-hmm. up to the opportunities that were afforded to them, um, you you definitely need one of those. And Stevenson didn't look terrible. He did return. 
for one quick series. I don't even couple plays. Yeah, and then made, he left like again a play. Permanently. Yeah, I think he reached his arm out for a screen pass and was like, "Yeah, this doesn't feel great." Yeah, they had retaped him like over mm-hmm. the cleat, and it it just was too much for him. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I would I would not want to go into that game with neither of the veteran running backs healthy and just relying on those two. So the question is, as I had written here on my pre-show notes, did this game do anything or at least enough to quell all the insider and national football rumblings about Belichick's potentially, his job potentially being on the line? I don't know how it could. I mean, they were favored. They were supposed to win, and that's with Kyler Murray playing in the game Mm -hmm. that they were favored on the road. They played a team that has one win at home this year, and what is it, like one win in the last calendar year or something like mm-hmm. that? Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're just flat-out terrible in their own home stadium. We joked about it on the, the Six Rings podcast preview of the game that their quarterback and their coaching staff don't really get along. Sort of like Mm-mm. you're like, that was not a stable, productive, efficient team you were facing. You were supposed to win this game, and then they lost arguably their best player on the third play from scrimmage. So I don't know how this changes absolutely anything it shouldn't save a job it shouldn't lose a job it's just you know you you took advantage of the situation you got a victory to extend your season if you had lost this game your season was over and then there certainly would be a lot of dramatic discussions I think the fan base would be all fired up I don't know that that means necessarily oh you lost to the Cardinals fire Bill Belichick on a Monday night Um, I'm not taking that extreme approach to this but um, no this doesn't make me think okay they're hitting their stride. It's mid-December. They're going to play their best football. No, I don't think they actually played all that well tonight. The pass rush was good. Other aspects you'd point to that were really efficient. The passing game was the short passing game again. That they they You look at it. They're mm-hmm. top receivers. I'm looking at the their numbers right game. now. They're top yes. three receivers. Mm-hmm. So they targeted Bourne five mm-hmm. times, Aguilar ten times, Thornton five times. So 20 of 35 targets went to people who... Averaged nine yards per catch, six yards per catch, and seven yards per catch. Like, that's that visual of what what um, Johnson was talking about. That you just, you're a short passing game. There's no, even Bill in his comments tried to list the times they threw the ball down the field. He listed the two Hunter Henry catches and then was like, okay, I'm out. I got nothing. I can't get to a third yeah. example. Then threw um, a ninja smoke bomb on the floor and exited. Right. So, like, other than... The one thing I'll say that they've definitively cleaned up is the turnovers and the interceptions. The last two interceptions mm-hmm. Mac Jones has thrown, he's been hit while releasing the ball. So they haven't cleaned up the offensive line, but they've cleaned up the turnovers that were coming fast and furious early in the season. But other than that, third down's still an issue. I don't feel great about the red zone just because you had a little bit of success. Um, and injuries are piling up. That's the other thing. If you're yeah. trying to feel good about things – Wide receiver, cornerback, and running back are all decimated by injuries right now. To Jack your top Jones, talents. bruised knee, Devontae Parker, and hat tip to Nelson Aguilar for helping get him off the field when he saw that he was woozy and in need of a spot check and a trip to the blue tent. And the spotter should be fired. Uh, again, Everybody in be, America knew that he was he was concussed at that point or should be totally looked at up. for a yeah. concussion. And for some reason, the one person who's actually paid to watch for those you things. You have one job. You, you had one job. Where were you? Were you getting a sub or something? Were they, they put the dessert tray out in the in the press box and you left well, for I a minute? I did see Zach Cox tweeted out a, a picture. They had those little nutty buddy cones they were handing out at halftime in the meeting maybe, rooms. Maybe that's where the guy was. But, I mean, that was that was pretty bad because it was obvious to everybody who oh, was yeah. watching the game. Obvious. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. So uh, D-Mac got a little dinged up in the postgame. Uh, I read the quote, said that he just said he was old. So, you know, maybe he'll be able to be back. I agree, up there. Yeah, actually. The injuries piled up like there and they went into the game. Like another note I had made a lot of talent on the inactives. Jacoby Myers couldn't dress tonight. Jalen Mills didn't dress tonight. Christian Barmore still on injured reserve. Uh, who uh, Isaiah Wynn wasn't able to play again. Now he's missed close to half this season. Obviously hasn't been that effective when he's been out there as well. But a lot of starting caliber talent was not active tonight and or was ultimately hurt during this game. That's a lot of walking wounded you're going to carry into your next must-win game if you have any hopes of turning the season around and making a play, uh, a legitimate postseason push. At the very best, it feels like you might take one step forward, one step back. Like maybe you'll get Myers back, but maybe Parker could be out, right? So you, you, you're kind mm-hmm. of spinning your tires a little bit at some of these positions where – you want your full complement to be out there. And the offensive line, they just continue to be a mess. I don't know who their best five are. I don't know how you mm-hmm. get the most productive five out there. There was one play I looked, and it, it, like the front side, and you look backside, and, and Connor McDermott's were like on the ground with his feet in the air, like he just gotten killed or, or snipered <laughs> by somebody. It's, it's like every play, one of the five offensive linemen just looks like they got their butt whooped or didn't know what they were supposed to do or weren't mm-hmm. on the same page with the other four guys. There's no consistency and continuity with their play up front. Yeah, like, oh, I wasn't supposed to free release that guy. Oh, crap. I'm going right. to be hearing like, about that. What are we doing here? And they're not the only ones that do it. The Cardinals did it, too. They gave uh, oh, Ju- Judon. Yeah, Judon took him a second and a half to, on the big sack. He had a sack and a half tonight, too, for Uche as well. Matt Judon on that one, just free, unabated release straight towards Colt, Colt McCoy, what's he, what's he going to do? Obviously, he's going right. to he's faster and stronger and tougher. Of course, this is what he's going to do. In high school, you used to call those lookout blocks, and it was because the guy was mad at you, the offensive lineman, and he wanted you to learn a lesson or something. Like, these are professionals giving up lookout blocks. Uh, I put out a little bit of a poll earlier this morning just to try to check in with Pats fans and see what they thought was going to happen tonight. And of the four options for how I thought or how I wanted to know how Patriots fans thought the game would go tonight, Option one was Mac Cooks in the Pats role. Option two was the Patriots would be less sucky and it would be a snoozy win. Option three, Arizona squeaks by New England. And option four, Kyler and D-Hop pork the Pats. Um, so we were right. The winner in I a landslide, Pats less sucky, get snoozy W. We were right. That's what I voted yeah. for. See, mm-hmm. we're smart. See, we're we, smart. see, we've seen a little football in our times. We we're not, we're not bit, falling not for the banana football. in the tailpipe. You got to win, but we know what this team is right now. Oh, just because they elevated, just because they elevated my guy Cameron McGrone off the practice mm. squad to the game day fifty three didn't mean that he was going to see the field. Oh, but just to have seen him out there for a second, just to see a little relevant action. But uh, obviously, he didn't make it to the field because he was one of the nope. seven inactives for the Patriots tonight. Andy, we've got one more break left, then it's going to be 2 o'clock, and the postgame show is going to be wrapped up. So when we come back, you know your job. we got to do a quick thumbs up, thumbs down, player of the game, quick preview of Sunday's Patriots Raiders affair, and then we will wrap it up. Anyone got final thoughts? We're here for you, 617-779-7937. This is the Six Rings postgame show, Patriots and Cardinals edition here on WEI. Now, back to the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI.
easily the most anticipated segment in the history of NFL postgame radio shows, one of the most wildly read columns in the history of radio show sports reporting websites, of course. It's Andy Hart's Thumbs Up and Thumbs Down. This will be the Patriots-Cardinals-Patriots victory edition from tonight's Monday Night Football Affair. Andy, where would you like to begin? So we'll start with uh, the thumbs up, since the segment is thumbs up and thumbs down. We don't want to go in reverse order. And we'll start with the rookie running backs. Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong get some love from me for piling up nearly 100 yards rushing. Two touchdowns. Each got their first NFL touchdown. And you needed those points because um, you were in a dogfight for a while there and you had no other running backs to turn to. And we all know that Ramondre Stevenson has been kind of the uh, the backbone of the offense all year. So for these two guys to step in, having had limited um, opportunities prior to this and limited mm-hmm. success prior to this, uh, I think that's a really impressive performance for those two guys and probably a good sign for their future and for the future of the position in New England moving forward. Big time agree as well. And if Damian Harris, uh, whose contract ends at the end of the season, is interested in coming back the way Kevin Harris ran tonight, you may, I don't know, the the idea of keeping around keeping him around for the veteran hammer running back role, if you will, opposite Ramondre Stevenson, he may be a little bit expendable. We'll see about that. All right, who else made the list? So Marcus Jones is the next obvious choice. Uh, Might be his Iron list. Man. Might have to name it after him now. It's pretty close. I mean, I joked about it. When I do my ranking the roster next summer, Marcus Jones is going to be really high on that list. Uh, depending on what they do in the offseason. But, um, you know, continued his normal duties in the return game, was on defense all night long, had a big hit on uh, Trey McBride, the tight end, had -hmm. his first career interception, had a catch for 12 yards, had a couple rushes, saw more, um, I'm going to call them like Tyreek Hill motions in the backfield where they were kind of mm-hmm. using him as a decoy to draw the eyes and the attention of the defense even when he wasn't getting the football or really involved in the play so he's a guy that's earned his uh his uh his rest over the next couple of days cuz that's I'll be interested to see I don't think the snap counts are out yet but when you total uh, all the snap counts together in all three phases of the game he had a really really impressive outing uh, I imagine the bookend pass rushers who accounted for three and a half sacks and basically dominated the fourth quarter of tonight's game made the thumbs up list. They did. Josh Uche, Matthew Judon, and the pass rush. They had six sacks as a team, uh, three for Uche. He now has 10 on the season, double ten digit sacks. 10 sacks sack on guy. the season. Matt yep. Judon is right. Maybe he isn't the best pass rusher on the team. Uche's season is for real. Well, Matt, Judon now has 14 and a half on the season, I believe, to tie Bosa for the NFL lead. Move back into first place in the NFL, at least in a tie right now. But they were, even before they started to pile up the sacks late, I thought they were very active getting in uh, the face and around Colt McCoy to make him uncomfortable. They took advantage of that offensive line, and they... The pass rush continues to be, I know the coverage and the rush have gone back and forth like, oh, we get interceptions because of the rush, and then the rush is like, no, we get sacks because of the coverage. I think the pass rush has been the best part of this defense. Judon, Uche, Wise, those guys up front. Even uh, one of the biggins had a sack late. Was it Godchow? Equale. Oh, Equale, yeah, Daniel Equale yeah. blew through the left guard there. Big, he blew up yeah. a run play, then, then got the so, sack. 
that front uh, was dominant. And then the other guy I had on the thumbs-up list was sort of a right-place, right-time guy, but he did what he needed to do. Raekwon McMillan, the scoop-and-score touchdown. That I firmly believe that play changed the game, and if he mm-hmm. bumbles that ball out of bounds there or something with the way this offense is, you never know what could happen. So the fact that he uh, scooped it and put it in the end zone 23 yards later, give him credit for keying the victory. All you can ask is someone do their job when presented with the opportunity, and that's what it's all about. Right guy, right place, right time, right play, right score. On so the now, thumbs let, down list. Um, so the f- first thing on the thumbs down list is sure. the injuries, just in mm-hmm. general. Um, yep. So we'll skip past that. Um, Devin McCourty makes my thumbs down list because oh, uh, D-Mac. he's definitely lost a step. I know people like to hate to hear that. He's such a nice guy. Um he is just not the the safety net in the back end that he once wow. was, and tonight Did we bench it was him the same way Portugal benched Ronaldo at this. Point no, 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 no. He's still he's still okay. productive. He's just okay. fallen off from what he once was. Sure. And tonight he met James Conner at the five yard line, and James Conner said, "Okay, well, you you and I can go into the end zone together then." And he dragged him into the end zone <laughs> for that touchdown. Um, it's just. You, you're seeing that McCourty doesn't – he doesn't have the quickness anymore. I don't think he tackles as well as he once did. So Devin McCourty makes it. Um, then I grouped together the offensive penalties and mechanics because mm. from the Trent Brown false start to the um, those two penalties I was talking about, the delay a game and then the illegal shift with Stevenson and Kendrick Bourne, and then when he had to take a timeout early in the second half and was kind of barking at the sideline and upset – the whole, the whole pre-snap penalties through getting the play call in, the whole thing on offense is still just not fluid. fluid. Hey, Boom. good call. Wow, nice job. Jinx, Omey Coke, I'll take a Miller Lite. 2 a.m. and we're saying fluid together on the radio. Isn't this great? Um, <laughs> and then uh, I pulled Trent Brown. Trent Brown is just Yeesh. such a disappointment. He really is because now he's out there, and I know he's been battling illness and injury and all these things, but... Between the penalties, he had another false start. He had another one for getting downfield. A couple penalties. He got beat badly by Zach Allen for a sack. He's just he's just struggling out there. And sometimes it's it seems like it's effort related too, and that's really disappointing. Time to wrap things up here. We'll finish strong with the player of the game. Of course, the Patriots player of the game is brought to you by Cars for Kids. The easy way to donate your car, donate today, and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to Cars for Kids. That's Cars with a K. Dot com or one eight seven seven cars for kids. Andy, tonight's player of the game was DeAndre Hopkins because <laughs> he gave you the football. Yeah, uh, no. Um, if I had to take a serious player of the game, I think I would go Pierre Strong. How about that? Why what not? a pleasant surprise! Running seventy back yards Pierre rushing, Strong. touchdown. Give it to the young running back. Why not? A young buck with a nice play, a little offensive spark in the second half to help the Patriots seal the deal. Once again, oh, Patriots wait, Josh 27. Uh, Josh, you know what? Josh Uche might, you know. They Sorry, can split I got it. confused. It's late. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> that'll wrap up this edition of the Six Rings postgame show. Good job, Andy. Good job, producer Justin Turpin. He is at Jumbo Hart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. Don't forget to follow at Six Rings Pod. We'll have some new podcasts this week as we get you pumped, primed, and ready for the showdown in Vegas between Mentor and Master 405 Eastern. Once again, the game was flexed out of primetime on Sunday Night Football. It'll be on the Fox Network. Andy will have you with Kyrie Thompson on the Six Rings postgame show. Next Sunday, I'll be in Vegas corresponding from Allegiant Stadium. And don't worry, we'll have a double six rings on Monday as I fill in for Gresh. 
and we do a Gresham Keefe Six Ring style. Good night. Thanks once again for listening to the Six Rings post game show on WEI. Final score Patriots 27, Cards 13. Have a great day, everybody. God bless, and as always, go Pats.